0: My name is John Kieschnick, Lazy L. Fish Farms, Giddings, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today.
1: Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State.
2: Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Boy, it is a chilly morning, so jump on in with me. Buckle up. I've got the heater running. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this great state in the nation. Texas agriculture. In the news today, how many cotton acres will we put in the ground here in 2022? Well, we've got some early season estimates on that, and at this point in the game, most folks seem to agree, but they also agree that there's a lot of uncertainty that could change those numbers between now and planting time. We'll have that story coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State, and we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Farmers continue looking for
3: ways to work around the challenges with inputs. I'm James Hunt and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll share some perspective from the Texas High Plains.
2: Sustainability in the U.S. wheat industry as wheat farmers have a story to tell. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that report on Texas Ag Today.
4: Farmers are more comfortable talking about stress and mental health challenges than a year ago, according to a national survey. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have those details on Texas Ag Today.
2: We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets, all coming up early acreage estimates for the 2022 cotton crop are coming out and at this point most seem to agree on how much cotton we'll see planted. I've heard a kind of a consensus of opinion of 12 and a half or so million acres being projected at this point. That's Texas A&M cotton marketing specialist John Robinson. So if you look at relative prices historically the ratio of corn prices to cotton prices historically that would predict you know, 12,
5: between 12 and 13 million planted, and some of the early estimates are for that. Now, having said that. I I well remember 2011, which was the drought of record, and it also coincided with very high prices, high insurance prices. We had a million extra acres that were planted. Most of it was abandoned, but I could easily see 13 million planted and maybe more. But again, the big question will be how much of that is actually harvested.
2: But of course, there is a lot of uncertainty as we start this new crop year with high input costs and supply chain issues. Milk production continues to increase here in Texas.
6: Milk production across the nation fell from October to December, but actually rose in Texas. According to a new report from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, During that quarter, 3.929 million pounds of milk were produced in Texas. That's a 3% increase over the July to September quarter. It's also 3% above the same quarter last year. The number of milking cows in Texas also increased last quarter. There were on average 625,000 head of milk cows. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel.
2: If you're looking for a way to improve the efficiency of your cattle operation, you may want to check out their Performance Beef Software at next week's cattle industry convention in Houston. Marion Wine and her husband Jared use the software on their backgrounding operation near Corpus Christi.
6: We will be at the Performance Livestock Analytics booth. It'll be right across from the Zoetis booth at the convention center. And Jared and I specifically will be there on Tuesday from 4:30 to 8:30 during their happy hour. We love to meet people and get to visit with people, but they will be there for the entire duration of the NCBA convention as well.
2: And you'll have the opportunity to get a hands-on demonstration.
6: They're going to have live demonstrations at their booth. And I know when we went back in 2020, they had a scanner for ear tags and it was really unique to be able to grab one of those ear tags and hit the scanner and see Um, how that system worked and they will have that available this year also and some of those ear tags will have credit towards their software and that is uh, ncba exclusive promos that they have going on throughout the ncba convention this year
2: that's at the performance livestock analytics booth at next week's cattle industry convention in houston texas farmers continue to look for ways to deal with rising input costs James Hunt has more from the Texas High Plains. When we talk about the
3: current difficulties farmers are facing when it comes to inputs, it's both a matter of dramatically inflated prices and, in many cases, scarcity of supply. I asked Dalhart farmer Robert Gordon if he's able to get what he needs.
7: So far, we are. Some of the chemicals are pretty tight. We've actually already bought some chemical and, and have it in the barn that we normally wouldn't do. Uh, fertilizers been a little bit of a challenge this year you know normally we buy our fertilizer december january for next summer and uh it's been pretty hard to book anything out
3: input challenges Robert Gordon and other producers are dealing with has become a major topic at winter meetings around the Texas High Plains, and one opportunity to learn about possible strategies is coming up February 8th in Canyon. The Randall County Extension Office is presenting an Input Impact Conference, with AgriLife economist Justin Benavidez leading the discussion. Once again, that event is February 8th in Canyon. The conference is open to everyone and you can contact the Randall County Extension Office for more details. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: The wheat industry has a good story to tell when it comes to sustainability. Tom Nicoletti has the story. American wheat producers have a story to tell when it comes to the crop sustainability moving into 2022. Dave Milligan is president of the National Association of Wheat Growers.
5: Moving forward, the climate and sustainability issue is really becoming front and center, and we're certainly trying to get ahead of that issue. And as wheat growers, we feel wheat has a pretty good story to tell. It covers the ground, a lot of roots. It widely been accepted uh, use of no-till and conservation practices, and it readies itself for the use of cover crops. Uh, We certainly, we're, we're keeping top of this issue, we're gonna create a study on the life cycle of wheat uh, to basically back up what we already feel that wheat has a good story to tell as far as sustainability and carbon reduction.
2: What about the sustainability aspect? That word has been uh, thrown around in agriculture a lot and various commodities are uh, into uh, sustainability of their crops, uh, what, what are they doing in, in the wheat fields?
5: Well, wheat certainly uh, is one of the crops that uh, Sustainability has become an issue because a lot of the end users and wheat's a food crop are wanting to be able to say their crops are sustained. And I think wheat, again, has a pretty good story to tell. But we've we got to remember, doing, when you talk about sustainability, you've got to remember the economic factor. It's got to be able to be economically produced. And you've got to remember food security, too. Uh, we, we've got to be able to continue to provide food for not only our country, but for, for everybody around the world. That is Dave Milligan. He is president
1: of the National Association of Wheat Growers. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: Farmers are more comfortable talking about stress and mental health than they were a year ago. Gary Joyner has an update.
4: There is still a stigma in rural and farm communities about seeking help or treatment for stress and mental health challenges. But a new national survey says farmers and people in rural areas are more comfortable talking about these important issues. The American Farm Bureau Federation has conducted research on farmer mental health since 2019. The surveys measure changes and trends in stigma, personal experiences with mental health, awareness of information about mental health resources, and comfort in talking about mental health with others conversations help reduce stigma around farmer stress and mental health. Farmers and farm workers are more comfortable talking to friends, family, and their doctors about stress and mental health than they were in 2019. Four in five rural adults and 92% of farmers and farm workers say they would be comfortable talking about solutions with a friend or family member dealing with stress or a mental health condition. The percentage of farmers and farm workers who say they would be comfortable talking to friends and family members has increased 22% since 2019. A majority of rural adults and farmers and farm workers are experiencing more stress and mental health challenges compared to a year ago, and they are seeking care because of increased stress. Younger rural adults are more likely than older rural adults to say they are experiencing more stress and mental health challenges compared to a year ago, and they are more likely than older rural adults to say they have personally sought care from a mental health professional. Stigma around seeking help or treatment for mental health has decreased, but is still a factor, particularly in agriculture, according to the survey. If you or someone you know is struggling emotionally or has concerns about their mental health, visit the Farm State of Mind website at farmstateofmind.org. There you'll find information on crisis hotlines, treatment locators, tips for helping someone in emotional pain, ways to start a conversation, and resources for managing stress anxiety or depression i'm gary Joyner for texas ag today
6: if you love the great outdoors conservation and wildlife there's a way that you can help give back this summer i'm jessica Dommel, and i'll have more coming up on texas ag today and
2: drought can cause a vitamin deficiency in beef cattle texas veterinarian dr bob judd has more on that coming up next right here on texas ag today
1: We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture
2: on Texas Ag Today. Most all of Texas is dealing with at least some level of drought right now. Dr. Bob Judd says drought can cause vitamin A deficiency in your cow herd.
0: Drought causes a lot of performance problems in beef cattle. North Dakota State Extension specialists indicate at Drovers.com that feeding drought-affected forages can lead to some vitamin deficiencies and vitamin A is the main concern. Although B vitamins can be synthesized in the animal's body, this is not the case with fat-soluble vitamins like vitamin A. Dr. Jenna Block indicates that vitamin A is not present in plant material, but its precursors, known as carotenoids, such as beta-carotene, are present in green leafy forage. Beta-carotene is converted to vitamin A in the cow's small intestine, so fresh green pasture contains 10 times more vitamin A equivalents than most hay. During the grazing season with good grass, the cow can intake a lot of beta-carotene, a lot more than the animal needs, and can store it in the liver for two to four months. However, the storage is hard to assess, and during drought conditions, beta-carotene is inadequate to meet requirements, even if forage was green at harvest the sunlight, heat, and moisture reduce the vitamin A activity. Pregnant cows that grazed on low-quality forage and are fed hay that was baled during a drought are at high risk of vitamin A deficiency. Dr. Zach Carlson cautions that high levels of nitrates in the rations can contribute to vitamin A deficiency through interference in the conversion of beta-carotene to vitamin A and reduced absorption. Pregnant cows require 1,300 international units of vitamin A per pound of dry feed, while lactating cows and bulls require 1,800 units per pound. So a 1,300-pound cow would require almost 43,000 units of vitamin A per day, assuming she eats 2.5% dry matter per day. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: If you love the great outdoors, conservation, and wildlife, there's a way you can give back this summer. Jessica Dommel tells how in today's Wildlife Report.
6: If you love the great outdoors, natural resources, and conservation and are looking for a way to give back this summer, there's an opportunity for you in East Texas. The Texas chapter of the Wildlife Society is accepting applications for volunteers and college mentors who would be interested in helping out this summer at the Wildlife Conservation Camp in Tennessee Colony. Bobby Alcorn, this year's camp director, explains
7: we do
8: have volunteer opportunities. And every year, we definitely need as many volunteers as we can. So we'll bring on professional mentors, people in our wildlife field to to come and be with our campers throughout the time. But also, we need college mentors or uh, adult mentors that are willing to, to be there and to basically work with students as they go through it, but also to be with the students throughout it. So If you're interested in in what we're learning, um, you can be there right alongside the students, but you're sort of there working with uh, the professionals putting on the camp to to help things go smooth and to, to help us work with the students.
6: The Wildlife Conservation Camp is open to high school students who are interested in nature, ecology, and wildlife. They learn about many things, including wildlife tracking, trapping and monitoring, habitat diversity, and animal behavior. They can practice species identification, shooting sports, and more. Volunteers learn leadership skills and are able to network with natural resource students and professionals. The camp is July 9th through the 13th at Big Woods on the Trinity in Tennessee Colony. The deadline to apply to volunteer or to attend the camp is May 1st. Additional details are available at wildlifecamptx.org. That is wildlifecamptx.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domal.
2: We saw higher trade in the cattle futures market on Wednesday. Also saw a nice jump again in the cotton market. We'll update all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today.
3: We're back looking at another lopsided matchup,
2: Jim. Today we have a combine taking on a train. Yeah, that heavy train is about a thousand times heavier than the combine. No competition there. Right, especially given that it'll take at least a mile to stop that train. That's 18 football fields. It's no contest. Every day people are injured or killed trying to beat a train at rail crossings. See tracks, think train. This message brought to you by Operation Lifesaver. We had a higher close in the cattle complex on Wednesday. Both live and feeder cattle futures moving higher. February live cattle up 95 cents, 138.05. April up $1.80 at $141.90. June live cattle up $1.62, $137.05. January feeder cattle up 17 cents 158 72 March feeders up 95 at one sixty eighty. April feeder cattle up 92 cents, 166.20. Cash fed cattle market seeing some trade here at the middle of the week. We're seeing reports of 136 to 137. That's steady to a dollar lower compared to last week. We had the online fed cattle exchange Wednesday morning. 2,904 head offered, however, all of those went unsold, so no sales to report. Boxed beef prices lower on Wednesday, choice down eighty-eight cents at two ninety-one fifty, select down a dollar twenty-three at two eighty-two zero nine. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble.
0: Here's a glass of iced tea because you look thirsty, and a livestock market operator aboard with Riley Rhodes. Live Oak Livestock Riley ween sale and your regular sale. Let's talk about them both.
8: I got on pretty good, Larry. Uh was uh you know the features weren't uh, acting like they were supposed to, uh when we got started this morning, but kinda calmed down as the day went. Market got a little better, uh as the day went. Uh but uh, had a good sale. The wean calves sold real, real well. Uh, ended up with two thousand one hundred and five total head. Had about eleven hundred of the feeder calves, uh, wean feeder calves, and the balance of them were you know, a couple hundred cows. And uh, had uh, about eight hundred in a regular, eight or nine hundred in a regular sale cow calf pairs. Uh, brought from eight fifty to fourteen hundred. Bread cows seven seventy five to twelve fifty. Packer cows, I put some more money on them, seventy seven to eighty four on your high yielding cows, sixty eight to seventy eight on your breakers, thirty two to sixty two on your canners. High yielding bulls ninety six to dollar two. Low to medium eighty two to ninety six. Two to three weight choice steers one eighty four to two hundred eight heifer mates one fifty eight to one eighty two three to four weight choice steers one seventy six to two hundred two heifer mates one forty to one sixty four four to five weight choice steers one seventy four to two dollars heifer mates one forty two to one sixty four uh, five to six weight choice steers one sixty to one eighty four heifer mates one thirty eight to one fifty eight six to seven weight choice steers one forty two to one sixty two heifer mates one thirty to one forty four seven to eight weight choice steers 136 to 152 and uh their heifer mates, 122 to 138 so i thought the cows and bull packer cows uh, probably sold two to four higher uh or all our weaned calves i thought uh, probably brought an eight to twelve dollar premium and then um, but the overall cap market today probably three to five lower but yeah. got along good ended up with a uh, 2,105 hit
0: well tell everybody how to get a hold of you for next week's sale rally
8: 361 813 6650 is the cell. 361 786 2553 is the office. LiveOakLivestock.com is the web.
0: Thank you, Riley Rhodes, Live Oak Livestock. Thank you, Neighbor, here in Texas for listening to Walk in the Pins. On the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Larry Marble. Good day to you.
2: Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs close mix. The nearby February up 57 cents, 8802. April hogs down 80 cents at 9645 class 3 milk was mixed January milk up 7 20 35 100 weight February milk down 30 cents at 1961 100. The cotton market closed strongly higher Wednesday, taking back some of the losses we saw the day before. March cotton up 141 points, 122.33. October cotton up 176 points, 105.91. December cotton up 53 points at 99.37 cents. Strong close in the corn market also. March corn up 7, 627 a bushel. New crop September corn up 3, at 585 at a quarter. The wheat market took a bit of a tumble on Wednesday. The market's still waiting for some fresh news on the Russia-Ukraine situation, also seeing some good snow cover in many areas of the plains, so that's some well-needed moisture on the wheat crop there. That pushed prices a bit lower on Wednesday with July Kansas City wheat down 16 cents, 814 and a half. July Chicago wheat down seventeen at seven hundred ninety and three quarters. In the energy markets, March natural gas up ten cents at three hundred ninety nine. March crude oil up ninety-five cents, eighty-six fifty-five a barrel. The financial markets lower Wednesday afternoon, the Dow down 142 points, 34,155, the Nasdaq down four at 13517 the SP down eleven. 4,345 that wraps up our look at the markets and that wraps up this edition of texas ag today i'm carrie martin hope to see you here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet texas agriculture
1: thanks for listening to texas ag today be sure to subscribe to our podcast on apple podcasts google podcasts or spotify